0: This is Radio Maria England, and this is Women Together. (music) On today's program, we have live Isabel. She. We're going to introduce you to her in just a little bit. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. Today's host, we've got Gail and myself, Helena. Gail, welcome back to the program. Hi, good to be here. Hooray! Oh, Gail, we haven't had you on Women Together in forever. I know
1: it's unfortunate. This coincides exactly with our rehearsals for the fantastic ablaze mass which we have once a month um at st lawrence's so unfortunately it's knocked me out for a little while
0: oh it is and it's the last wednesday of every month so that makes sense oh Uh,
2: there
1: you go go. always rejoicing uh, at this time and (laughs) i catch you up on the on the way home but unfortunately yes we're but I shall try and deconflict.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But it's okay. We've, had, uh, we've been able to have space with Sandy and Genevieve. And Janice has also been able to have uh, a, a time in their hot seats. So it's been lovely. And it's lovely to have you back, Gail. Yay! All right, ladies and gentlemen. So Women Together, in our program, we look at how we can live the life that Christ has but as women. Now, this isn't a show, gentlemen, just for women. Uh, We talk about relationships, uh, communications, uh, (laughs) biology. (laughs) My son recently, Gail, listened to our episode where we had Liz, uh, it wasn't Liz Corcoran, it was another Liz, Uh, but she was speaking about uh, the book that she wrote about her, why does mommy's tummy hurt? And he... (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, but he has learned so much from this is one of I think it was when we had the school lock something like that but he was listening and he said mommy I know so much now I was like well he's like I need the book and I was like well here's the book and then he went off to the and I was like oh I never knew mommy I was like well thank women together Rowan thank women together <laughs> oh, so before uh today's topic as well is we're going to be talking about Communications, uh, partnering, working together amongst generations, perhaps a parent and a child, an aunt and a nephew, um, a grandparent and a grandchild. And we have guiding us through these what could be murky waters, we have Isabel Squirrel. She is a psychotherapist and a volunteer at Radio Maria. We'll have her on in just a moment. But before we start, Gail, the best way to start a programme is with prayer. (laughs) So Gail, can you start us off, please? Okay, thank you. And it's funny you
1: should mention all, all the women involved because today I was really, really lucky. I had a day off and so I was able to go to Mass during the day. And I'd like to thank you, Lord, for bringing, giving me that time and bringing me into the church and for all those listeners who are listening, who were able to share and be together. And I was amazed by how full the church was. It was absolutely brimming. And thank you, Lord, for all of those women who surrounded me, that were involved in the Mass, for all the women readers that you bring, for all the Eucharistic ministers, for all those taking the pics to the communion of the sick. Thank you, Lord, for all those who set up the church beforehand and all those who closed up afterwards. Thank you for guiding us to you and making us feel a bigger, closer, group and thank you lord and bring that holy spirit to those who didn't get the chance to go earlier today and bring the
0: holy spirit through us tonight amen 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 thank you gail all right listeners enough of of teasing you i have got Isabel Squirrel with you. Let me tell you a little bit of the background of how we met her. She uh, was a a listener and she would listen in while she was headed to work. Now, her work, I'm not going to let her explain it because I'm really afraid I'm going to say something (laughs) wrong (laughs) terminology-wise. But as she listened, she got more and more interested and then she started trying out different things. She has also come on the radio... Because of her expertise as a psychotherapist. Well, enough enough about that. Let's talk about what we're talking about now. So, Isabel, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, it's really fun coming on. And um, I did, I have listened to Helena a lot in my car journeys, so I still feel a little bit of that um excitement of being like, oh, you're the same person I listened to in the mornings, and now oh. I get to speak with you. <laughs>
0: Well, well, I don't know if you're so excited. I was telling my husband, "Ooh, I've got Isabel coming on the radio. So I basically have her locked down to answer all my questions <laughs> that I might have. Oh, because I have got three little boys, uh, one of which is 10. And is he going through communication issues? So I am very, mm. I'm, I've strapped you down. Ladies and gentlemen, Isabel's not going anywhere. <laughs> But oh, can you sh- on? Yeah. <laughs> bring them on. But let's start first. Can you tell our listeners uh what is what do you do and 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 uh and your new adventure I'm going to say your new adventure that you've started as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. So I I trained
3: as a I'm an integrative child psychotherapist which means that the integrative bit is the um is that I blend different um te- techniques, styles approaches um, attachment theory neuroscience psychoanalysis different things come together um so that's the kind of training and it's i work with children which technically means 0 to 18 and i when i say 0 i do mean um you know there's there's kind of new research even talking about speaking to babies in the womb so even technically um there's there's kind of you know i don't i haven't actually done that myself but i there's a there's a technical bit of my work that means that um a baby is you know from the very very beginning so um, we're even thinking kind of what is the parents concept of their child before it's even born um, so that's that so really is zero to 18 so I work in primary and secondary school so that's on my car journeys Um that's when I that's when I listen to you on the radio but I'm I have a caseload of about 16 kids that I see every week um, and I work with them for different lengths of time and Kind of it's just primary it's mostly primary school at the moment, but I also do work in secondaries, and yes it's it's that's kind of what my day to day life is um but the new venture, as you're asking is called, is really come out of having met lots of parents in this work, parents in the schools of children that I see for therapy, but also parents in general and I've just I really see that there's a gap between what professionals know and what ordinary parents know and i think generally therapists are not amazing at marketing and getting information out it's just a different skill set sometimes and um it can sometimes feel a bit elitist where information is just held um just by some who who know and have done training and it doesn't really feel i think i felt a bit of an injustice about that and wanted to just make it more accessible so um i have started this new sort of organization called child and parent um which really is what it says on the tin child and parent and um it's really about trying to get information to parents about their you know thinking about their child thinking about their relationship with their child um so i within that there are there are kind of different ways to access material there's a monthly newsletter that's kind of free to sign up to and that will be on a specific topic and then there are webinars that are kind of kept at an affordable price Um, on again a specific topic and then um, I also offer kind of one-to-one consulting to parents where there's a more specific um, thing that parents want to think about but it's this is just kind of the beginning really of something but I feel it's just really important to um, get the information out there.
0: So listeners Gail we get a free consultation today. (laughs) Listeners we will have the phone lines open let's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna Throw caution to the wind. I'm opening the phone lines now, listeners, so if you're thinking, "Oh, we've got questions, give us a call. The number is o one two two three, three, seven five five six, four. So the phone lines are open. Give us a call uh but um gail, sh- shall we flip a coin to see who who wants to to go first okay. That's fine by me. Right, um, here we go. Roop. ooh, yep, yes, mm-hmm. it's, I won. Oh, I you one to one therapeutic parent consulting is a very fancy, fancy term. What, 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 yes. is, what is that? What is that? Parent consulting. Aren't we just born being able to be parents? What does this mean, parent consulting?
3: Yeah, I understand that. I think, I think there's an element to which that's entirely true, and that it's that it's important to just trust the parental instinct but i think things get in the way that stop people trusting their instincts so in a sense it is um it is about getting back to that place um but i think we have to I, i guess in our lives there are things that happen in our own childhoods and um this often and sometimes in our own experiences as adults that can mean that Uh, It can slightly distort the way we see things and it can mean that we're sometimes reacting out of our own experience rather than thinking about them. And that's something that can be very subtle and tricky to notice um, and it can just be helpful to get help. And actually, the realities of I kind of think the ordinary day to day life like things like sleep and food and sibling rivalry and social media and friendships and um there's just so many things that that kids are looking you know having to navigate and um we often just copy what our parents showed us but sometimes that wasn't always that helpful and then we're looking for other ideas and so the consulting idea is just having someone to just attend with you um come alongside give some thoughts but i wouldn't say that there are blanket answers because generally I may well give different offer different thoughts to one parent um and then they're completely different to another even though it's the same issue because it just very much depends on the child um and the parent relationship too if that's a bit vague of me.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah that's great. Can I I I mean I, I one thing I was going to say that directly goes from what you were saying well is that I mean the most important job in the world is I, I feel is being a parent. And yet I actually felt the only job that I've never been trained for was the most important job I do.
3: Totally. I mean, isn't, it is actually mad, really, when we think of it, that there is a sort of assumption that we, we do just know when little life is in our hands, suddenly how to, to train it for the world. And um, I mean, there's a lovely quote that I really like, which is on my website, which says the parent-child connection is the most powerful mental health intervention known to humanity. And I just think that's so beautiful because it is saying that when that connection is, but that is the thing that's the most powerful for children and the baby's brain is literally shaped by the interactions it has with its parents. So there is, it's so important. You're totally right. And yet there isn't this training. And I think sometimes there is actually lots of research that's been done. There's lots of knowledge, but some it's sometimes the gap between what is, has been communicated um, and what, and what is out there and has already been Kind of found out sometimes there just hasn't been a translation of that because it's really been quite recent that the neuroscience um is kind of the last 20 years or so so i think it's just taken time to come out into the public
1: yeah i i felt that um i mean when my children my children are older now but when my children went went to school the school was a great resource as well because it they had little Uh, almost like evenings where we could go and listen to um, child psychologists and Mm. child psychotherapists. And that really helped me feel a little bit more confident and it helped me feel supported because I don't live with my parents or aunts who would have Mm. probably been the traditional people I would have, you know, immediately talked to.
3: Yes, definitely. Having those having others around it's it's so important because it's a huge it's a huge emotional journey
1: and the other thing i was thinking was that um i i do work with uh people with adhd and who are neuro atypical and one of the things that i do particularly with young people as well is that most of my young people don't do great with big books. So actually having a website that I could go to would just be phenomenal. And some of the parents that I work with as well would feel that great because um, I know that I had two or three books that uh, probably propped up other parts of my house rather than being read the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also a little bit overwhelming. You know, not only do you not have the time when you've got a young baby, But, you know, to actually have someone or have a a website you could go to, I think uh, just feels that it would be so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. And it's great because you do need to talk to professionals and sometimes you don't know where Uh, Mm -hmm. and how many times, Helena, have you found this, that you've got, you know, a five month old and it's three o'clock in the morning and actually you're sitting probably
0: downstairs and you're thinking,
1: What am I doing
0: wrong? Oh, well, that's a question, Isabel, though. I think when, before the world of the internet and stuff like that, uh, you would go to your own parents for Mm -hmm. answers or your aunts or your uncles. Um, I know I have given advice myself, not, but to other parents saying, listen, if your kids won't go to, no, this is for younger people. So if your kid will no longer go to you for advice or anything, make sure that they have another, a godparent, a sponsor or someone to go to. So what do you think is going on with parents nowadays that we're not, I mean, are we not, are we staying away from our own parents? Are we like, no? Oh, so why? why can't we get that support from other people?
3: Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think there is something where there's been more of a move towards individual you know, individual, the nuclear family. And I think people are more separated even by living, you know, people used to all live in the same village and now people live in different parts of the world and um, and people have kind of busy jobs and all those kind of things. So I think there's a value for being on your own and sometimes figuring out on your own. And actually, I love the emphasis of having, you know, the whole village to raise the raise a child type thing. And going to other people is important. I think the challenge is sometimes people often bring their own experience and their own experience of their child or their own experience of um, of their childhood into the conversation and actually the the difference between that and when someone is a psychotherapist is that um, I've worked with so many kids and I can say that no child I've ever worked with is the same and that there of course there are general there may be patterns but it's actually really important to be thoughtful about what is this parent this child what do they need in the situation and actually sometimes advice can make people feel worse about themselves feel like they're failing and sometimes um it doesn't always work and then people feel like now what do i do and it can it, it just can generate a bit of shame i think um where it can feel like oh they're the ones who know and I, I think it's still really important to be supporting one another in churches and in families and to seek help where you can but sometimes i think there's that feeling of it can help to have another voice that's a little bit neutral, um, and doesn't have any kind of vested interest or separate. Um, yeah, they're not going to bring their experience in.
0: Yeah, my sister. Uh, I can. I, I'm blabbing away. My sister, um, my younger sister, uh, when she, I had kids first, and then she had. Uh, Kids, um, but she would never come to me or to mom, my mom, our mom, uh, for advice on things like that. Uh, it, I think it was because she just really wanted to prove that she could I'm the baby of the family, but I can do this, I can do this, and and oh, so yeah, so she she could have used uh, an Isabel. But you know yeah, what? That's... All that said, Ali, you are a fantastic mother. You are amazing. <laughs> so there you And go.
3: maybe, maybe it's also important that like sometimes maybe there is an element of. Well, there's a lovely guy called Donald Winnicott who was the kind of founding. He was one of the early child psychotherapists during, um. So during World War Two, there was. Um, that's when kind of child psychotherapy really became. Um, more on the radar because uh children were they noticed what, during the war, but it was it was actually the evacuation of children with the separation from parents. That was actually more of a difficulty for kids than even the explosions and the, the war trauma itself. Um but they just started to notice that separation was very, very um really challenging for nursery age children. Um and Donald Winnicott is the man, he's the kind of child psychotherapist who I just adore. He's a kind of legend in the tradition really, but he he always says like the mother sometimes just needs to trust the mother like the mother needs to trust herself and actually try he says somewhere like ignore the mother-in-law ignore this because actually sometimes there are all these advice coming everywhere and actually maybe there is something really important about just honing one's own sense of what is right for the baby and you just know that somewhere within you um and actually it's just sometimes hard to to find that voice almost the voice the still voice within you
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Women Together on Radio Maria. And we do have the phone lines open. It's what the number is. 01223 375... Five, six, four. So we did get a caller in, uh, while uh, Gail and Isabel were talking, and I, I they want to be kept anonymous, but she uh so the question comes to what if well, not what if in this caller's situation Every time that she, it's a sibling thing, every time they are near each other, there's just so much backlog, so much jealousy, so much, arrr, so much pushing that every time they're together, the caller just physically almost gets ill for months afterwards. And so the question is, she's got an event coming up, that she should be going to her family members' event, but she's got her own things that need to be done. Does mm-hmm. can she allow herself uh, permission to not attend the family members' event? <laughs> Did I, I? I don't know if I'm being too. If am I being too so vague? Is, Do you need more? I just want to check on understanding. So, yeah. is it that the
3: so the family members' event? Is, will be a source of difficulty yeah, because, th- because difficulty. of the children it will generate the sibling
0: dynamic is that yeah, what it is yeah yeah
3: yeah and it feels stressful yeah I mean there's always permission to say no I think that's really important like and I also think it's very important that parents look after themselves because if you're running on empty you haven't got capacity to support your kids so you just can't really you'll just have a short fuse and then you may shout and then you may um, react to things and then regret it and then the kids just kind of it it becomes a a huge escalation and if there's not the capacity inside of you and you know that I think it's important just to be okay to say no and I suppose I would ask what is it that stops you from saying no like is it a sense of obligation or um, is there a sense of letting people down and I wonder how true that is that like maybe sometimes it's okay um, and maybe the people who you're worried of offending, maybe they're less they may be actually less offended than and if they knew how much you needed this, maybe they would um be understanding about it. That said though, and maybe it's also important to to think about what's actually happening in the in the kind of dynamic because you don't want to be stopped from doing everything you want to do just because of something that's happening with the kids. It feels important that you can live your life as well. Um, so I guess it really matters that it's addressed of what's happening. And I suppose if it starts to really interrupt your functioning as a family and what you're doing, that would be something where it's probably worth maybe trying to seek some kind of outside support for a short time, maybe just a few um yeah, some kind of. It, uh, this is the kind of thing where, like, I'm offering this kind of consulting, like one to one for a few sessions, and some. And there are other psychotherapists out there. I'm not just trying to blow my own trumpet. There are people to kind of look up, um, and it may be possible to do that. But it's it's probably also really worth thinking what's happening with the two siblings. I don't know. I know very little from what's been said, but just a few a few things I would just say, just from what has been said, is that if there is sibling rivalry is everywhere and it's huge having a sibling is so difficult for a child initially in the sense that there's always this thing of oh they're so excited to have a little baby brother and like they're really not excited at the beginning because they don't really know what that means to have a sibling and it's a concept that they haven't really lived with um and it can feel like a fun thing but so many children i worked with they think when the baby is born that it's going to be someone who's their age who they can play with And then when they start crying and they start taking their parents from them with all this all the sleep you know in the night and it's suddenly isn't this fun thing of having a friend to play with anymore um and it is a bit of a hard thing to work through and it can easily feel like the parent is taken away and it's easy to blame the sibling for that and it's sometimes just something a child simply has to work through that and then they will end up developing affection for the sibling it's especially if A parent is very thoughtful about what it's like for the older one and so that's what i think i would just say that my biggest thing i recommend is always and this i'm just giving away my my top thing that every parent should do which is this and i think i mentioned it when i came on this before and and that is a special time with both children or every child that you have and that looks like one to one every week 20 minutes is a kind of good amount um 20 minutes, you one-to-one with with the child and then one-to-one with the other child. And in that time, um, you know, just following the child's lead, let them choose the activities, let them be the one to kind of, and obviously within realm of safety, it's important that um, everything is safe, but they can and just do something very simple, stay at home, in a room, a few toys, and just let them play. And it's like food for the child. And sometimes when children are really fighting, siblings are really fighting with each other, it can be a sign that they need that extra time with the parent one-to-one and they need that time of um, really being seen. And it may be possible then to really gently talk with them and say, like, oh, I've noticed that you seem really angry with your brother or sister. Like, I notice that that seems to really bother you and I wonder what it is, what's happening. Maybe, And maybe acknowledging, like, as a parent, maybe I'm missing something, like, maybe maybe they're doing something or maybe something's hard for you that I haven't noticed and it's just and and giving them that space and what's so good about doing this 20 minutes a week is you're creating a window that the child knows is coming and then they can bring their their troubles to you and in a sense they may it's a bit like it mirrors a bit like what child therapy is really where children know the session and it's nice if it can be the regular time same time every week um so those are just some initial thoughts I don't know enough really but Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> all right. The caller has called back. <laughs> oh, okay. Other, I love it. Uh, it. It's very grateful. It's very grateful. And it's very helpful. Uh, I, I must admit, it, it, these are adult siblings now, which, which takes oh, it into okay. a whole adult new siblings. Oh, sorry. realm. Okay. The, well, no, I, did, I didn't say that. With, with child siblings, they no. might find that relevant. <laughs> no, no, no. I think what you did say, I think, um, so there is an event. And so the the... The sibling won't go to this very important family event of this person. So we've got caller uh, doesn't want to go to brother, sister's yeah. event because I ah, see. it's so sad for that caller person. Oh, rah, oh, because the event main person's mean and almost bullying is how it's been being described. So mm. it's a bit it also is around this big event. So. The caller has decided, no, I'm not going to this big event because it's going to be awful for me that I'm going to, it's going to just tear me apart for months and blah, blah, blah. blah. And and sure. the person having the big event is saying, oh, but why, 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 why? Is this the time for them to let all these, the floodgates open? Do they, going to the event, it's just like you said, like you said, they're going to, it's just going to be all these bad things. They're not going to feel good about themselves. All this stuff's mm. going to happen. Um, so one, does the caller have permission to just say no? Two, uh, where where do is mm-hmm. where do they go from there?
3: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think that the caller is looking for permission because the caller doesn't want to say it, doesn't want to go. And I think that you can give yourself permission, you know. You don't even need me to give permission. <laughs> but I think it's important to um yeah to look after yourself if that feels important then look after yourself I also think that it's very complicated when you are adults together and there's a history of however many years that you have probably from from what I was saying before about it being it begins in very as soon as the child you know the sibling comes along it's a very old relationship and very complex so the idea that it's going to be a quick conversation that's going to solve it That's not going (laughs) to happen. But it may be worth, sometimes you can do a thought download where you just basically, that's just a fancy terminology for just writing without thinking. Just write journal, like for three pages or something. All your thoughts, everything you feel about the relationship. And don't think about it, don't analyse it, don't judge it. And then after doing that for a few minutes, then look back at it. And maybe there may be some things that you pick out and you notice and be curious about in yourself. And you may feel as you said you might then be able to narrow it down a bit and then you might think ask yourself the question do how much of this do i actually want to say and how much of this is just my stuff and that i know that they can't hear and then maybe you might be able to find a way of simplifying and thinking there could be a little bit a tiny piece that you want to share and communicate um but maybe maybe this event is just more of a way to open up a relationship rather than a way to kind of a way to kind of solve everything
0: oh beautiful isabel uh caller, i do want to say uh for the so it's a family event there's lots of other things around for those <laughs> members that you won't be able to be that it's important to the other family members that would like you there that you would like to see da da da. da do send them a message do maybe a video i think a personal call to those other family Mm -hmm. members saying i'm really sorry i'm not gonna be there for you maybe don't say why but just make that an important because it's about the other family members anyway it's not about the sibling forget that person make it so special for the other family members and let that connection because in the end if it's a birthday party whatever lots of people are there you're not even going to say hello to everybody if it's a wedding ah you have you're The wedding bride and groom is too busy thinking of other things. You calling and have that personal time and that call and that chat, that's going to be even more memorable. Uh, I had a friend that couldn't come to my wedding, and we had a big little girl's night before the wedding or whatever. And that was so, so special because I wouldn't have been able to talk to her even at the wedding. So that's my little two cents. (laughs)
3: It's great. Listen to Helena.
0: <laughs> all right, all right,
1: all right. I'll okay, stand up for you there, Helena. Because um, how many times I I'm, I used to be a per- party person, quite liking parties, but actually now, uh, and s- since a certain age, I I said no, no, no. I I don't I don't want parties anymore because I'm surrounded by a room of people I never get to see. I'd rather mm. do one or a you know six people having dinner together and Mm. do a takeaway so i'm not cooking all the time i'm sitting with you
3: yeah that's so nice isn't it having that real connection
1: yeah and, and actually having that sort of time and i thought that was really amazing what you were saying Isabel, about um having that time out with your children i love both of my children and i love having time with them both but actually it's really magical when I have that time just Mm. one-to-one and it is it's it's hard but one of my friends she has four children and each year I actually think that she's a really onto a good thing she takes one child away for a week each year and 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 she has the mum and kids time away and it's made her have such strong relationships and and now two of her girls are at university Mm. it's meant that she they the first person they always turn to is mum
2: and i think those
1: relationships are
3: really good Totally. And I think that's why the reason why I love the special time, especially, and I try and say it to every parent of whatever age is because, especially when they're living with you, really, but you can then develop it all the way through to adolescence, you know, and that's so important because uh, teenagers naturally like to be around their peers and that's part of the, the healthy development of them. But then it can easily feel like they're withdrawing and you're losing connection. So if you have that already built in as a habit then you still have that time. I guess that's a bit like the holiday. It's quite a fun, it's something that's built in. Um, but I think a regular weekly thing, that's very ordinary in a way, um, is also is also a help. So I can imagine it was, you say it was like kind of wonderful for you, but I bet your kids also found it like even more wonderful for them.
1: Well, I think as well, it's because you're, you're always going to have one child that's probably a bit more um, lively a bit more out there and actually then that means that the one who's probably a little bit more uh quiet always feels that they're they're sort of they're going to sit back and and it gives those that that second one i i found very much that might um the one that's less lively when the two of them are together actually has special time and she's really lively she's amazing mm. as well mm. so, it, it's, so it's like giving them um, their own space
3: yeah exactly and you're so right that it, that's why the it's so important because actually it's a great way to get attention sometimes being the loud one being the one who's even naughty you know that's actually a way of um getting the parent to notice you and actually it's so it is hard for those other ones who may be a bit more appeasing or trying to be a, good child um for them to also have an equal there's an equal sense that you don't get more time or less time depending on how you behave
0: oh isabel gail this is all so good but we've got to take a music break yes. um yeah. so listen, uh get yourself a cup of tea gail isabel i've got mine right here cheers <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen i'm going to put on a song uh this is by april shipton who we've had on the radio for season one and she shared her beautiful testimony with us and this is a beautiful song especially for any of those moms about their precious precious children uh here is her song precious but listeners call 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 oh one two two three three seven five five six four
2: Listen to a mother's heart, speaking to the child she loves. You're so precious, darling. You are so precious to me. Precious to me, you are so precious to me. You are still precious to me Precious to me You are still precious to me
0: is women together on radio maria today we have been hearing from isabel squirrel child psychotherapist who has a new website for all you parents out there called Oh, is it parent and oh isabel can you tell it to me for me it's, it's chi-
3: childandparent.org
0: child and parent Org. Don't do parent and child, uh, the other one, because yeah, that doesn't work. It's
3: important. It's got to be that way around because that actually is a, it's an important difference because it's the child, then the parent, you see. <laughs> child and parent. Ah. Oh,
0: yeah. Wh- why thinking. is that so That's important? But why is that so important?
3: because Well, because the child is their is, – I think it's important because the child is their own – they are their own person. And I think if, we, if there's focus on them and their thoughts, their mind, and less on – The parent the parent will probably find themselves parenting in a way that's building a really good relationship because the child just needs to be thought about by the parent that's basically the essence of this
0: there you go all problems solved tonight on radio maria (laughs) child and org. (laughs) all right gail it's your
1: turn excellent i mean just going from that it was how many times can you you think back and um think when there's had been a discussion with teenagers and you go afterwards if you revisit it you think maybe i didn't handle that as well Mm -hmm. and so actually by thinking yeah it wasn't just my needs i need to think of how they are feeling about it as well and see them as being rather than just your child
3: yeah i think that's it and i think that it's so easy to be to take offense and i think part of what it is to be a teenager kind of developmentally is to challenge it's actually really healthy if a teenager isn't challenging uh the kind of authorities around them to an extent obviously i do mean that within reason but um there's a, a little bit of questioning what's happening around them and coming up with their own thoughts is really part of human development and it's actually very but so often it's it's felt as an attack and felt so personally and that can mean that that just exacerbates the um the difficulties in relationship.
1: I think really, 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 that's such a good point that actually it's its not a personal attack, is it? It's why do I have to do this? It's not you're, you're a bad parent. You're not giving me the right answer. It's actually asking. But I don't understand. And, and sometimes, you know, why wouldn't they necessarily understand it? its They've not had that piece of experience, you know, like, why can't I go out after 11 o'clock at night? <laughs> it's you know it's it's not being you know a challenging and and thoughtless it's sort of like i don't understand why
3: yeah and there's that and there's a desire for which is a kind of healthy desire for exploration and seeking new things new experiences trying to test things for themselves and that is healthy i suppose it's just that there is that it is important too to say no and it's important too to keep boundaries they do matter and in a way the teenager can push up right to the very edge to see what is where is the boundary like how far can I test this? And they sometimes want you to just put the line. And actually, sometimes I do. I've seen children before where they really don't have any boundaries at all, and it's very unsettling because they don't feel safe really. Because they think if I don't, if I can just do whatever I want all the time, actually, it makes you you end up having to become a parent to yourself, and that's a scary experience because. You fundamentally know that you don't really know what to do. Um so it's I guess it's sometimes important just to have confidence with the no as well. But sometimes a no is just a no. Uh,
1: absolutely and, and it is about keeping them f- feeling safe. But um but they are going to question because they are teenagers. What mm-hmm. what would you say um if a parent has got a rebellious teenager, which seems to be a definition on itself a teenager generally are frequently you know they will go through challenging times, even the most angelic of children will mm. do at times. What would you say though, if someone has a really rebellious teenager, what would you say is the best thing they can do as a parent?
3: yeah, the, i think I think it's it's really coming alongside and try I think where possible and this is again the thing of even the word rebellious is just so is so full of is so loaded with judgment and i suppose so many teenagers would be like but i'm not rebelling i'm just you know thinking for myself or whatever and i think there's something about trying to frame the specific situation but like trying not to let it be a build-up of this 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 they're rebellious maybe it is the specific thing of i want to stay up late or the specific and trying to move from the big macro thing into the specific situation and actually just being curious and I think curiosity is just such a helpful thing so if for example you know they're wanting to go out with their friends all the time they're not listening um and it's it's being like gosh like I wonder what's going on like what's it like to be you you know it's been a while since I was 16 and I can't remember always what it feels like like maybe you you can tell me and like this again is where having that one-to-one time is really helpful and I think the worst of the behaviour is sometimes it shows all well, the more important, um, the need for that. And it may be that they just ignore you. Um, even in sessions, like therapy sessions, I've been, I can be ignored for long periods of time and they can, you know, that's part of it in a way that there's, they're really wanting to see how long would you stay? Like they want to test you. Are you, how, how much do you care? Are you, I've had before the comment, Are you were just doing this job for the money, you know, which I'm just thinking if I was doing this job for the money, I would choose a different job. <laughs> this is not the <laughs> job that I would choose. But you know they're just wanting but they're trying to provoke and to see how much and I think the fundamental question is how much do you care? And so if you can show interest and compassion even amidst the rebellion rebelling, um, and knowing that you're still you still like them as a person. And sometimes they're just trying to test like how much do you like me? And actually something quite interesting is that developmentally a toddler and a teenager are very similar in their brain. So that's why terrible twos and Rebellious teenagers are like a pattern because they're discovering their no, they're discovering their own voice. It's the same thing in the brain. It's like a re. um, The brain is doing a similar like pruning work, basically. Um, So that's why sometimes there are parallels. But if you think of a teenager as a toddler, suddenly you realise how it's very important to be support, like treating them like a very little person, because actually emotionally sometimes there can be that um, the still the real need to be sort of held. But psychologically held, if that makes sense, emotionally held.
0: It does, it does. Can I can I can I say something that you said the word you need to accompany the the teenager and my my heart just like swelled. Uh we recently had in the Diocese of East Anglia, we have a new bishop, Bishop Peter Collins. Yay. And <laughs> yes. And he said this beautiful thing. He said that the church now is Moving more and more towards accompaniment with the teen, with youth. It's no longer, we need to teach them, we need to do the sacraments, da da. da, da. It needs to become an accompaniment being mm-hmm. coming to them allowing them to explore uh, to explore their faith to explore their feelings letting them have those questions letting them have a place a safe place to ask those questions the hard questions and not mm-hmm. just giving them the answers but accompanying mm-hmm. them as they figure out and develop the answers in a safe place and having some resources and stuff and and people that will be able to support them so I love that you said that. Uh, mm, Bishop Peter. I'm glad Calvin, the church is doing that. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Yes. To so, do it. <laughs> I'm very it also made me feel better about my come my youth sessions where I'm like, no, I need harder questions. I'm not gonna give you the answers, but give me some harder questions to send you to your parents to go ask the answers to <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness.
1: What would what can we say then on the on the flip of that then? What would be the worst thing that you can do? The one thing because there will be parents out there are going, what should I not say to them then when my, my young person is, is being a nightmare and driving me to the edge?
3: Yeah, I think that where I think that shaming is, is pretty is pretty tricky. And that's so easy to do because they, they the, this is what I'm mean, like. it's natural. Basically, the healthy teenager as part of their development is going to almost drive you to the point where you want to shame them and be you know make them feel bad about themselves because they're trying to test the love sometimes and trying to test what's the boundaries of safety um and how much you're going to say you know how much you care that's just part of the the journey of it sometimes um but it's important to remember that they are think of them like this little toddler but it's just being like you know i want to explore and find my find the world around me and that i think remembering that will safeguard against sometimes you know it's just the the kind of shouting and saying things that you regret later but the reality is that even if we do that because we're still human beings and that'll still happen and even in sessions in therapy sessions it's not that i would shout them or shame them i really hope that in my 50 minute session that wouldn't happen but it's more sometimes i do make mistakes i don't always catch something they're trying to say i'm not always being that attuned or you know i miss stuff but it's really important to acknowledge it to go as quickly as soon as you're aware as the adult oh, you know, I sh- I really shouldn't have said that thing, you know, made them kind of really judge them for it or make them feel like they are, um, you know, really stupid or those kind of things. I think if there's ever that kind of judgment around, it just doesn't, it puts people's defences up, they won't listen, and it would just, it kind of could create a big chasm gap between you. And they're more likely to continue with their behaviour, just do it in secret. Um. So it's, you want to try and keep the communication channels open so being curious and warm and interested and understanding but still saying like this is a no and like I know it's you'll you find that really annoying and you don't like me very much right now but I can take you not liking me and I can take your frustration that's okay it's a kind of different thing than just you know judging them for being bad I think being the bad kid um is something that's very easy to feel And it's also very easy to do as a parent. But I think it's good to say, I'm really sorry for sometimes making you feel like that. Sometimes I get frustrated and I I lose my temper and I regret it. You know, I I really don't think that's a helpful thing to do. I think it's important to model something of apologising as well.
0: Isabel, that brings up a a really, it'll have to be the last point. When, what are some signs for, we've been hearing all these greats, but what's a sign that, Whoa, I, the child needs a little bit more than just what's going on at the home. What is there danger signs? Are there signals that people, if they start noticing them, should definitely be like, mm, maybe what I'm doing isn't enough and I need to seek out further help to help this connection, this yeah. relationship?
3: Definitely. I think so often, um, so there are so many counsellors now in schools and I think schools do notice things too but it can be surprising to parents sometimes when that happens um, so I think being aware of I think not just when behaviour is difficult and um, I think badly like badly in inverted commas behave children naughty children you know in the kind of traditional way we would think of that those children get picked up on but it's the ones that are quiet and withdrawn and anxious if children are not they having difficulties with sleep um, that's a particular sometimes sleepers to do, connect, connected with like, separation anxiety um, and just anxiety really. I think it's the quiet anxiousness and if you feel like you notice any changes in your child, if they just suddenly seem, they seem different in some way, um, it could just be that they need to talk about something and it's worth just being curious about that. But it's also if you feel like you don't, you can't get through, you don't understand what's quite going on, but something seems to be um there's it's just so important so many kids now um are in counseling in schools or outside of schools people seeking things it's it's kind of becoming much less of a um stigma and sometimes it's just a little shift and it makes a big difference um and it's worth because the the younger and the earlier the interventions um the much more um the much more higher chances there are that there's they can really turn things around um and sometimes leaving things till they're quite um till sort of you know late adolescence it can become a bit more complex so i think if there are um low self esteem you know feeling such child if a kid just feels really negatively about themselves i think these things are important ones to to notice
0: thank you isabel thank you all right
1: well, ladies sorry, oh, yeah go go free i was i was just going to say it's really great to hear isabel saying that because um a number of the students that i i deal with you know it's actually having that extra person that's not mum and dad or family it's, it's just tremendous and I also think you know the the parent begins to not feel oh it's all me I'm always wrong mm. Um, mm. and having that extra person outside can just deflate the problems massively
3: yeah definitely it's so much easier sometimes just to talk with a stranger sometimes it, it's just there's it's just a different kind of conversation you know
0: Thank you, Isabel. We we are out of time. Um, oh, we could go on and on and on. We oh, need no. you on once a month. Um, but uh, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the radio. Oh. And... We need her again. We need her again. We need her no, again. I'll come back if you'll have me as well. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out child uh, www.childandparent.com. It's a new website, so some of your, it might have you might have some trouble difficulty with firewalls or something it's just because it's a new one it's not a fake one or anything like that so do try it out isabel is there a facebook page or instagram any social to go along with it
3: oh you know i haven't done it yet i need to do it i need to do it but it's if you you might find that accessing it on your phone is easier that's
0: how Um, i found that's 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 what
3: other people have found so um just yeah it's to do because it's like one of the latest google site things and that can sometimes mean that some browsers don't support that, but hopefully you can still access it. So it's just really simple to remember childandparent.org.
0: Child first, childandparent.org. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Is... I found i I found,
1: because I had problems with my computer earlier, but I've found it straight away on my phone. So fantastic. Thank you so much. Good, good, that. good.
0: Okay. Let's end <laughs> with a prayer. I'm going to end with a prayer. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. In your Father son holy spirit amen Dear holy spirit holy spirit thank you for bringing your fire to this discussion this evening thank you for ah the 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 encouragement and the patience that you bring to people such as Isabel such as all those people willing to be those strangers opening their ears and their hearts to the concerns, the worries of parent and children, wherever they may be. Thank you for all those school counsellors, for all those teachers, for all those psychotherapists and doctors that are taking the time to open up to people, to young people, wherever they may be, whatever age they may be thank you lord for all of our listeners please if bring them courage bring them patience and bring them peace with however they may be dealing with their children with siblings or with their parents lord i ask you to be with them and to bring them peace to let them know that it's okay to say no to let them know that they have permission to say no, permission to find help and support elsewhere. And they have permission to trust in themselves and trust that Lord, that you make all things good. You make all good things. And then let's finish with the angel, the guardian angel prayer, which <laughs> parents of all ages, no matter how old their children are, no matter how old their grandchildren are, no matter how old their nieces or nephews, godson, goddaughters, we all pray for our guardian angels to watch over us. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom his love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide amen. Thank you for joining us for Women Together.